Welcome to the Beauty and the Vlog podcast. I am your host, Erica Vieira. Beauty and the Vlog is a number one online community and weekly podcast dedicated to supporting content creators and influencers in beauty, fashion, fitness, and lifestyle. We provide insight into the business, branding, SEO, content creation, and more of what it takes to be a successful online influencer. We've got influencer interviews and in-depth discussions to help you achieve your goals and see results online. To get the most out of Beauty and the Vlog, make sure to join the Beauty and the Vlog Facebook group and check out our Beauty and the Vlog website for show notes and more. Also, if you're new, then welcome and please make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single weekly episode. So sit back, relax, and prepare to learn, have fun, and be inspired. Let's go. Hello, beauties. Erica here with a very special episode of the Beauty in the Vlog podcast. I am super excited for this long-awaited interview. I know I've kind of teased it a little bit here and there and also uh, in the Facebook group and in my emails, but I am featuring one of my mastermind students who has had an incredible journey and an incredible success story, which I am so proud of because I had some part in it, which has been a complete honor to be a part of her journey and to help guide her into where she is today. But my interview is with Emma of Emzotic. And so I'm going to get into who she is and her bio and all that. But before that, I do want to let you know that if you are interested in working with me, having a one-on-one consultation, a strategy session on your channel, and also being part of the Mastermind community, which is a close-knit tight community of creators that are serious about their channels and are looking to get up to the next level and basically make 2018 their year, then make sure you sign up for the wait list so you can actually Access information about the mastermind and the waitlist at beautyandthevlog.com forward slash work with me. I will also have the link in the show notes and also in the email newsletter if you are signed up for that. But I would love to have you. I would love to work with you, get my hands on you. I know a lot of you guys message me, email me, tweet me, you know, contact me in the Facebook group, ask me questions. And, you know, I do my best to answer them, but, you know, I I see so many different types of uh, channels and people at different uh, stages in their YouTube career. And there's a lot of people where I'm like, God, I I wish I could just, you know, spend that, you know, hour and a half with you, hour with you and, you know, have you be part of the masterminds. I can really work with you. So, um, you know, if you've been wanting to get that outside perspective on your channel and basically, you know, get a fast track, like not waste time, not, you know, try and figure out on your own, like, is this working? Is it not? Uh, If you really want to get yourself to that next level, I really encourage you to take part in the mastermind and, you know, have the type of success that, you know, Emma had, who, you know, we're going to go into depth on, you know, on her success. But I'd love you to think about it and start thinking about it because I'm going to be probably opening it up in January. So, you know, if you want to get on the wait list, uh, make sure that you go to beautyandthevlog.com for slash work with me. I do actually only have a few number of spots for uh, the mastermind just because you know my schedule's busy and I want to be able to devote the time to those people that do sign up. And you know, there's only so many hours for me to do that. So I have a limited number of spots, and the people that are on the waitlist get first dibs. They get first notification of the opening of the mastermind, and then um, you know I will open it up to everybody. But if you are on the waitlist, you do get first dibs. So go to beautyandthevlog dot com forward slash work with me to uh, put yourself on the waiting list. All right. So Emma, she's awesome. I love her. And she is a 29-year-old animal educator turned digital animal educator. Before becoming a full-time YouTuber, Emma used to travel all over the UK giving animal-themed presentations in schools with an array of exotic creatures. Today, she educates and entertains a larger audience with her vlogs as a pet mom, as well as creating pet care tutorials. Her most requested and successful videos are her creature feature series where she picks a creature to deliver an in-depth fact file about. Emma began to take her channel seriously in the spring of 2017, which is when her and I met and we did our mastermind, and she grew from 1,000 subscribers, uh, you know, I think she had about 1,000 when we uh, got together, and and she now has 280,000 subscribers in December of 2017. So less than eight months, she grew almost 300,000 subscribers. 
So she recently moved to the USA to live with her partner, a zoological specialist, and splits her time between creating on YouTube and live streaming with her animals on various platforms. So, you know, she went from working with animals uh, in a different capacity to now being a full-fledged, full-time YouTuber and being able to share her message and what she does uh, with, you know, millions of people out there. So it's been really exciting to be a part of her journey. It's been a complete honor for me. It's really fulfilled me as, you know, a person to just be able to have a hand on, you know, somebody with their life change, a life change basically. So you know, stay tuned and listen to this fun journey. This is part one of part two. So if you are not subscribed, make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss out on next week's part two. Well, hello, Miss Emma. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast as a guest from a from one of my students per se to a success story. It's so exciting for me. Are you kidding? I'm the one that's excited. I've been <laughs> listening to your podcast forever. And I can remember back when I wasn't even doing YouTube listening to your podcast. So the fact that you actually have me on here is just kind of amazing. So just, yeah. Hi, everyone else who's like listening from the Facebook group. Hi. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so Emma is one of my clients from the Mastermind. And um, like I mentioned in the intro, I I offer one-on-one consultation sessions and um, I've been offering them for a while and I work with people one-on-one to basically help them when it comes to the their YouTube channel, when it comes to their marketing and, and branding and, and the niche and the direction that they can go in. And so I've worked with some incredible people and Emma is definitely someone that's stood out to me. And I want to, I want to introduce people, Emma, to kind of you, your background and why you decided to even go onto YouTube. Yeah, sure. So, um, with my YouTube, I actually, I wanted to do a YouTube channel for a couple of years. Um, it actually all started when I watched, um, a girl called Lindy. She's got a channel called Bub's Beauty. And I used to watch her cause I knew nothing. And I mean, nothing about makeup. So I used to watch her makeup tutorials and she kind of introduced me to the whole world of YouTube. And I followed her for years and years and years and fell in love with the concept of, you know, sharing your life because you know me, I'm an open book. I share a lot of my life on social media already. So why wouldn't I have a YouTube channel? Um, and then, you know, life got a little bit crazy. I put it on the back burner. And then, um, I remember I contacted you, Erica, I contacted you, um, last year because I, unfortunately I had a miscarriage and I'm fine. Like, don't worry, everything is fine. But you know, it was a really difficult, dark time. I remember I contacted you and I told you that I was listening to your podcast. It was really cheering me up. I actually listened to your podcast while I was in recovery rooms. It was keeping me super cheerful and watching YouTube. And I just thought, you know what? I've, I've literally lost everything that was important to me, like literally overnight. I need to start doing something because I'm just going to go crazy. And that's when I thought, I'm going to do my YouTube channel. And that's when I really started, you know, getting involved with, you know, creating a channel, thinking about what I wanted to upload. And initially, I wanted to be a beauty vlogger because I didn't know that there was really anything else out there. There wasn't really a market for anything else. So I thought, you know, I'll just be a beauty vlogger. Unfortunately, I don't know the first thing about beauty. So that was a bit of a flop. And as much as I wanted to apply myself and be the best beauty channel I could be, it just wasn't true to myself. And you know, that's when I came and, and found you again. And I said, look, I, I need a bit of extra help here. I'm chasing my tail. I don't really know what I'm doing. I like what I'm doing, but it's not working. How can I make this work? And that's when you recommended to me your um, your mastermind. And that like literally turned everything around, which was amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah. I, I Now that you mentioned that, I totally remember you mentioning to me about the miscarriage and all that. And um I remember I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like, she's listening to me while she's going through such a, you know, like a trying time in her life. And it's a really interesting part about having a podcast because a lot of people listen 
while they're doing so many different things because you can kind of multitask. And I, I get messages from people all the time telling me like, yeah, you know, I listen to you all the time. I listen to your voice when I'm doing this and that. And because, you know, part of my goal and mission is to I want to inspire people with the stories and encourage people, but also like I really want to provide like more actionable actionable tips. I, I hate it when, cause I hear and listen to a lot of podcasts and, you know, a lot of self-help things and business help and all that, but it, it's so nebulous. It's like, yeah, just, you know, be yourself and just hop on and do it. And, and it's just nothing specific. So I wanted to combine like the, the stories of just in and of themselves being inspirational and like the tips. So I love that. It's just amazing when I ever hear people say that, oh, yeah, you know, I'm listening to you doing this and that. And your story, I remember, was like so touching to me. And um, but what's really interesting to me is why (laughs) this is going to be kind of a weird question. But why if were you thinking about having a YouTube channel or not? Or like, why were you listening to my podcast if you hadn't thought of having a channel or like you didn't have a channel yet? Were you were you playing on putting one putting one up? Yeah, I I wanted to put one up and I'd been thinking about it for a number of years. Um, and I, I didn't really know what to do because I was running my own dog te- dog daycare at the time. And um, I, I thought, I, I actually don't know where to start because I logged on to YouTube. I made myself an account and that was it. I didn't know what all the buttons did. I had no idea, you know, when you first look behind the scenes at, you know, your, um, your channel page, the first time you log in, it's like, what is all of this? I had no idea what I was looking at. So I created this channel and I left it barren for ages because I didn't know what buttons to press or what to do. Um, So I sort of uploaded a really rubbish avatar and I put up a really rubbish background and I thought, okay, here we go. I'm going to get subscribers now. And no, nothing happened, of course, because I I, I didn't know how YouTube worked. So I remember I actually went straight to my my iPhone and I went onto the podcast section. It's the first time I've ever looked in the podcast section. And your, your podcast was the first one to come up when I put in like YouTube channel advice. And I think that's what I put in and yours came up and I just fell in love with it from there. Yeah. And I, I love hearing that. And, and so then you, you decided after your, the miscarriage that, you know, I want to go into YouTube. I want to do something basically. Yes, because I really needed focus because mm-hmm. I was so distraught about everything that happened because it wasn't just, I won't go into too many details, but it's not like the miscarriage happened happened in one go. It was over the course of three months, a lot of bad things were happening in that pregnancy and, you know, it just got worse and worse and worse. So, you know, my body was very weak. My mind was very weak. And that was when I had started during that time, really listening to your podcast, you know, trying to focus on something that was positive and happy. And as you said actionable because listening to your podcast it's so informative and it's so inspiring to me and I thought yes this is something I can do to to keep myself you know going in a a new direction something that's going to be fun and new and then of course when you know the big tragedy happened I was just sitting in the hospital bed listening to the podcast because it was something that was easy for me to focus on, you know, like, like real facts. That's what I needed to, to help me through. You know, some people turn to religion. Some people turn to friends. I, I turned to your podcast. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. That like makes me so feel good. Thank you for that. But okay. So, so then you, I know you took some time, you recovered and then you were, you were serious. You said, I want to, I want to start the podcast. You reached, I'm not the podcast, a YouTube channel and you reached out to me. And at the time, I feel like you barely had gotten started. You maybe, I don't even know if you had like a couple hundred subscribers, I feel like, and you had like a couple videos up, right? Yeah, I did. And I remember what happened was something absolutely disastrous. Just the first beginning days of YouTube for me were disastrous in a whole bunch of ways. So I managed to get a whole bunch of my friends to subscribe to my channel. And I started putting up a couple of beauty videos. You know, I got like 12 views here, 25 views over there. And then something happened with my YouTube and the entire channel glitched. It was a complete 
one off YouTube couldn't help me they said you've just got to start a new channel and I just thought oh (laughs) no because I put so much work into that first channel and then it was just all gone Um, so I don't know if you remember but I was showing you videos to do with you know um, drawing uh, Christmas puddings on your face Mm -hmm. using makeup yeah all of that work thank goodness went and I just my whole I had to start from scratch all over again and that's when I I could have given up but I didn't because I wanted to give up I thought you know my hard-earned 233 subscribers that I had (laughs) you know I thought I'm never gonna get that back again I might as well just quit yep I I remember that also and so for those of you listening the timeline where Emma and I connected was December of 20 just this past year. So December of 2016, and, you know, we're, uh, middle of 2017 right now. And, and, you know, Emma reached out and said, I, I, I really want to do this YouTube thing. Can you help me? So I said, yeah, let's, let's do the one-on-one. Let's spend that, you know, hour, hour and a half together. And usually what I do is I will have, uh, I spend some time reviewing their channel and I have a whole questionnaire and everything that I have uh, the client fill out. And um, I also give them homework. I say, if you haven't listened to these particular podcast episodes, please listen to them ahead of time. And then um, we get together. And I one of the things that I remember that I noticed from you right off the bat is that although you were And this is, you know, I think this is a good lesson for people. And this this is something that I preach. Although you were very new, your production value was, was very good. Like a lot of times when I work with people, it's, you know, it's kind of like, okay, it's very clear to me. Like you're new and uh, you have passion and you're interesting, but your production value really isn't good. And this day and age, when you're, st- if you're starting a channel, you know, in 2017 or even 2016, you can have a channel and have whatever production value you want. But if you want to really, really make it as an influencer, as a YouTuber, as somebody that people tune in, you know, week after week or twice a week, you have to have that production value. You just, you just do. And I think I get a lot of guests on the show. I mean, at this point, I, I mean, we're over our hundredth episode. So, you know, I've talked to so many people and I get a lot of people on the show that have been doing this for a while. And their number one piece of advice is just get started. Even if it's on your iPhone, which I understand the value to that because there's, there's, benefits of getting started because, you know, once you get started, then you'll figure out, is this what I want to do? You start learning about editing, you start learning about the platform. But I think what you did, Emma, you, you managed to, to start even at no subscribers and and barely any views, you managed to upload videos that were very well, they, they just looked good. They, they look like you had more subscribers or you've been doing it longer than you had. That's something that I noticed about you. Thank you. And I'm really, really pleased that that's what came across because, you know, I'm I'm very observant and very competitive by nature. And that's not very typical of the British. You know, we're all very like reserved. We don't want to stick out too much. But, you know, knowing what it that you need to really stick out and, and put yourself out there to actually get anywhere on YouTube. Um, you know, that was really important to me that I actually would be able to turn this into something that could generate income. So I had to really sit back and think, who's really good on YouTube? Why are they really good on YouTube? How can I replicate that in a way that's true to me? And um, I, I noticed from the very beginning that my camera that I used to have was just not going to cut it because it just looks like a webcam camera. And I know from being a, an avid watcher and user of YouTube and watching channels, if a video comes up and it's not the best quality, I'm not going to invest my time in watching it when there's, you know, 30 other YouTubers covering the same topic and they've really put the effort in to make it a really amazing, pleasurable viewing experience. So it was important to me from the get go that, yes, I should invest in a good camera. I mean, I I used up pretty much all my savings getting my first camera, the lighting. Um, I wanted to make sure that I at least had the equipment so that it would almost uh, energize me to want to do well, to make that return on my channel. 
Yeah. And I think that's really smart. And that's something that I always advocate to people. And when I work with them, when I won and I say, okay, you know, how important is it for you to actually see your numbers grow? Because there's different reasons why people get onto YouTube. And so, you know, if someone wants, it's it's just fun and they want to upload a video every now and then, then that's great. Do, do it however you want to do it. Go on a webcam, go on what you can afford, you know, go with your iPhone. But if you're, if, if you're working really, really hard, and I see this with a lot of people, a lot of people in my Facebook group, a lot of people that I've worked with one-on-one, a lot of people, I mean, I get people contacting me, email me all the time, like, can you look at my channel? Like, what can you do? And it's like, I look at them like, okay, you're, you're spending a lot of time on your channel. You're uploading like twice, three times a week and you're spending a lot of time, but like, all I hate to be the bearer of bad news. And this is just my approach when I work with people too. I'm like, I'm going to be a hundred percent honest with you. Like oh, I'm yeah. that annoying, <laughs> at, you know, big sister that tells you like, girl, go change your clothes. You look awful. You know? So it's like, it, someone has to tell you this. It's like, okay, it's, you can't get past the fact that your quality sucks. Like your camera's angle is off, your lighting's off, and you've been producing videos for six months, like, and you've been, you've been paying attention to some of the things that I'm saying and some of the things that get preached in the podcast, like being consistent and uploading often and going with your passion. That's great. But if your production value isn't there, people are not going to want to watch. It's, that's the reality of today. This wasn't the reality back in 2009, 2010, even 2011. That's very different then. And the people that started then were able to get away with that because it wasn't nearly as competitive. YouTube was new. The algorithm was different. There were so many different things. But today, like you said, Emma, why would somebody spend time watching a video of yours that is maybe the information there is is good and maybe you're an incredibly knowledgeable person, but if the production value isn't there, it's just not a pleasurable viewing experience. I don't, people don't want to spend 20 minutes of their day watching that video when there's like a hundred other videos that are maybe better quality. So it's, it's tough. It's not, it's not an easy platform to jump on and just see that success right away, unless you really go on looking like you've been doing it for a while. Yeah, you you have to really, you know, it's 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 a small world. You have to move, use your elbows a lot and make a space for yourself because there are some amazing people out there who, you know, they they have these great videos and their content is great, but what I've noticed is every little thing is deliberate. A lot of people are so smart. They've got the best sort of just self-taught advertising ploys that they use, ways to draw you in. And and you have to be able to stand out and to match up with those people. And I think a lot of it comes down to purpose. You know, why, why do you want to do YouTube? What do you want from YouTube? Is it simply just to put up family videos? And that's fine. You don't need the best camera just to share a couple of videos with your friends that no one's going to watch. But, you know, if you're serious about YouTube and you want to make it your career, you want to earn money from it. I mean, I do. That's, that's a big part of why I started. And, you know, I have no guilt in saying that because, you know, I've got my own plans. I don't want to work the same hours that I'm working now. You know, I have a full-time job. I love my job. I work as an animal educator, taking my exotic animals into schools. I meet people, but it's a lot of travel. It's 4 a.m. starts and working until 9 p.m. And it's usually seven days a week. It's full on. And I thought if I can just sit back and not do this seven days a week, that would be wonderful. So what can I do? What talents do I have that I can implement and 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 make something for myself, make a change? And I thought, well, you know, I'm a trained actress. I'm comfortable in front of a camera. I don't know how to use a camera, but I have the means to buy a camera and I can learn how to use it. And I think you really have to think about your purpose. You know, if you really want to make an, an impact on YouTube and you want to make that space for yourself and you truly believe, because you have to believe in yourself, no one's going to believe in you for you. 
you have to believe that you can you can make this amazing space for yourself you can spread your message and you can learn how to be great with your camera and good with your lighting then amazing things can and do happen you just have to be as as everybody else that has ever come on your podcast has said you've got to show up for youtube you've got to be consistent you've got to be constantly learning adapting tweaking and the best thing that i ever could have done was and don't worry no one uh, anyone listening like i'm not being paid to say this but going <laughs> and doing your mastermind that did a huge huge change for my channel because it was a failing beauty channel initially it was 12 views a video and i remember you said to me in the in the mastermind in in our meeting that was like an hour and a half i think you actually ran over for me as well um you said like why are you a beauty channel and i didn't know what to say to you and i thought why why am i a beauty channel because everybody believes that that's the only way that you can create an income for yourself is just being a beauty channel because that's where the big sponsorship deals are but that's not the only thing out there i don't know if anyone knows this but the highest paid youtuber i believe in existence is a toy unboxing channel mm-hmm. someone who literally it's someone who buys toys and opens them on camera and you never hear their voice or anything like that. And it it just shows that there's always something for everyone. So you've got to play to your strengths. And to me, you highlighted to me, I was not playing to my strengths. Why was I talking about beauty when it's interesting to me, but I'm not passionate about it like I am about my exotic animals? Why would I talk about, you know, the new Tarte Cosmetics brushes, for example, when I can talk about my six crocodiles at my work and show them off? And I love talking about all my different animals. So when you find your your niche, your subject, and, and you really sit down and think, you know, this is what I really want to talk about, then that is such a powerful thing because you can't fake passion. You can't feign interest because your audience always knows when you're bluffing. They know the second that you're not telling the truth. And honestly, what I learned at my drama school is something called the git theory. I don't know if you have the word git in America. The git theory, G-I-T. And if someone's Mm -hmm. a bit of a git, it means a bit of an idiot. So the git theory (laughs) is if you feel like an idiot in front of the camera, people are going to notice that. And that's how I felt. I was talking about makeup and looking up the facts about these makeup palettes and things beforehand because I didn't know. But I know animals. Like I know my subject. I know that I needed to be true to myself. And you highlighted that to me. And ever since I uploaded the first video, which was a real, you know, I don't want to say brave, but in a way it was a brave thing to do because not many women would upload a video of themselves talking about cockroaches because most people are repulsed by cockroaches, but you know, not me. And I thought if I can reach one or two other people who like to keep cockroaches as pets, then that's great. I can give them some information. And that was the turning point for my channel was when I put up the first video that I actually thought, you know what? I'm not a beauty guru. I'm never going to be a beauty guru because in my heart, I don't want to be a beauty guru. I want to be the person I've always been, which is someone who's actually a little bit disheveled, who doesn't wear makeup every day, but loves rolling around in the jungle with various animals. So that's what I'm going to talk about. And ever since then, it was like some fire just ignited in me. And I have more determination than ever to create my videos because I want to create the videos. Whereas when I was doing the beauty channel, it was a real struggle for me to want to do the videos because I wasn't that interested. It's like, what, what do I have in my, in my cupboard that I can talk about this week? What setting spray do I have? I'm I'm not, it's, it's, it's fine, but it's not interesting to me. But now I'm like, yes, I'm going to talk about my giant Indian fruit bats. Yes. I'm going to talk about my armadillos and show him off and how he can roll into a perfect sphere. And that's so much more interesting for people to listen to. And one of my top comments that I get is people are not always interested in my subject, but I make them interested in it. They're not interested in uh, a black and white tegu or in hedgehogs, but I get them interested in it because they believe in my passion and they can listen to someone who's passionate about their topic. So I think that is like such an important thing that people forget is not to follow what's popular. Because if I followed what was popular, which is beauty and lifestyle, I wouldn't have had the growth that I've experienced because 
nobody wanted to see makeup from me because I couldn't make it outstanding and and amazing because I didn't believe in myself for it. But I can be the first person on YouTube to make giant snails glamorous <laughs> and to show off cockroaches in a way that no one else has ever seen. To remind you that if you are interested in being added to the waitlist for the upcoming mastermind, make sure that you head over to beautyinthevlog.com forward slash work with me to apply to be part of the mastermind and be added to the waitlist. Right back to the interview. It was really interesting to me because when we had our conversation. I mean, one of the, the things that I always do during a session is I really try and hone in on, okay, what's, what's your niche? Like what makes you different? What, what do you bring to the table? Because there are so many people and I find so many people that are like, Oh, I love beauty. I'm passionate about beauty. Like, okay. Everybody feels like they're an expert at beauty because they, 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 they know how to put makeup on, you know, once you learn how to put makeup on yourself, it's like, oh, you know, I'm really good at makeup and I love makeup. Yeah. Tons of people love makeup and that's great. But what makes you different? Like why, why, what do you have to bring to the table that's different than every other person that's on YouTube right now? And you really have to think like that, that, you know, you're like, well, you know, I, I love makeup and it's my perspective and I get that, but you have to think about what makes you really different. And that might end up changing your direction a little bit. And that's like the first thing that I always work on with people is like, okay, you know, you're doing these types of videos, like, you know, what's your niche? Like, and then I dive deep into their background, like, what do you do for a job? Like, where are you from? Da, da, da. And then there's all these other things. And you realize, oh, my God, you are a really interesting person. I did not get this at all from the, you know, seven, eight videos I watch from you. Like, you're more interesting than what you're presenting on the screen. I'm not talking about you, Emma, but I'm just saying that, you know, a lot of times that happens because people feel like they have to fit into like a certain box of like, okay, well, I'm going to do, you know, a review on this subscription box and I'm going to do a review on this product and this and that. It's like, you know, it's like that's already been done and and you really got to bring yourself to the table. So like when you and I spoke, I was like, okay, you know, I mean, I did notice a few things that were really great. Like your, your production quality was great. You, I mean, you're super adorable. You're gorgeous. So makeup, you know, it looks great on you. You look great. You, you look great on camera and you have an fun, bubbly, outgoing personality. So I'm like, you know, if she really wants to make it as a beauty guru, she probably could. She has a lot of great elements to it. But once, you know, you and I started talking and I, I, you filled out the questionnaire and I'm like, wait a minute, like you've got something else going on here. That's really, really cool. Like, I mean, why aren't you talking about this? And you were, you were pretty resistant to it. You were, you were like not wanting to do it. You're like, no. And you gave like all these reasons why. And like, <laughs> I felt like I pretty much spent the entire time trying to convince you to focus on that and not be a beauty guru. But you were like, you were a little like resistant. You were like, no, you know, this reason, that reason, that reason. And, you know, when I came away from the call, I, I remember thinking, well, you know, she can go down this path and she'll probably find some success because you had a lot of great elements already. You understood editing, you understood lighting, you understood filming, you had a great personality. You, you, I mean, you could have been like a, you know, a good beauty guru, even though you didn't know a ton about makeup. I mean, it's something you can learn and pick up on your own. She could go that path. And in my head, I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, uh, it might take her just, it takes longer these days to find success in the beauty world. But I was like, oh, she could do it. But I, I do hope she really takes my advice. And I really hope she decides to, to, to switch her direction. And, you know, you and I, and I do this with, you know, all my clients, we stay in contact, we text, message on Facebook, whatever, and we stayed in contact. And, and I think over time, you, you finally, I think you finally decided like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm going to switch. I'm going to switch over. But I did find that you were pretty resistant to, to that idea. I was. And mm -hmm. to be completely honest with you, it's because I was too ashamed to put who I am on YouTube because all the channels that I've watched are, you know, strong, beautiful beauty gurus. And I thought there is no way anyone is going to want to watch my beauty videos when I have an owl in the back 
of my my bedroom. I remember you said that. I'm like, I'm like, you have no idea. Like that's you have to do that. Like I was like, Emma, you have to do that. That's what's different about you. <laughs> like th- you just talking about makeup is not going to stand out. That's not going to get people to be excited and to talk about it and to share it. Like as I remember saying like, okay, if you really insisted on doing the beauty thing, then incorporate the animals into your beauty channel then. Like if you have to do this, then find a way to incorporate. I think that was kind of like, I was like, okay, maybe that'll like warm her up to bringing her animals, you know, into the screen or into the forefront. Yeah. And at the very beginning, I remember I came away from our conversation and I thought, like that was really hard to listen to because I knew that you were right. <laughs> I, I knew that you were right. It's and not I didn't always going to be easy. It's like a therapy session, you know? <laughs> it was, it was, it was tough love for me because usually friends and family go, Oh no, yeah, it's great. It, it looks really good. But you came out and you said, you've got something better than this. You know, I still love watching beauty channels. I watch them every single day. But when I went away and I went, I literally left our conversation. I went to film another video. I sat down in front of the camera and I was about to start talking about the Urban Decay electric palette. And I saw one of my snakes moving around and I thought, let me, let me just give this a try. I'm going to put my makeup palette down and I'm going to go and get my Royal Python out. And I sat in front of the camera with her and I just let her move around through my hands and I just started talking to the camera. And I realized for the first time I was genuinely smiling, talking about her because she is one of the loves of my life. And suddenly to talk about something I was so interested in myself, I thought, you know what? It doesn't matter if people watch this and they're repulsed or they think that I'm an attention seeker, or even if sponsorship brand deals don't come for me because it's not makeup, it's fine because this is making me far, far happier. And Funnily enough, you know, at the very beginning with with money on my mind, because, you know, a lot of people do want to make uh, some money from YouTube and there's nothing to be ashamed of from that. But I thought if I talk about animals, no one's going to give me a sponsorship deal. There is no way that anyone like Maybelline or Revlon are ever going to get in touch and say, hey, you cockroach girl, we want to collaborate with you or we want to sponsor you. But Funnily enough, when you find your your niche and you're true to yourself and you do well in yourself and people are drawn to you and your passion and the way that you project yourself, brands do notice mm-hmm. and they'll find a way to, to come to you and they will work with you to find a way to make a, a sponsorship work on your channel. And I was amazed that, you know, recently people got in touch with me who I didn't think would get in touch with me. And it's not beauty brands, but it's for me, it's better because it's I'm so passionate about education. And recently, an education-based brand came to me and said, we'd like to collaborate with you and we would like to sponsor you for a video. And I thought, yes, this is amazing. This is so true to who I am. And these people came and found me because they can see that I'm really enjoying what I'm doing and I know what I'm talking about. Whereas anyone who's from a big beauty corporation, if they watched my old channel, they would know that I'm bluffing. I didn't know what I was talking about, the formulations of the makeup and how to wear it and everything else. I was bluffing my way through. It wasn't true to me. That's true too, because there are so many people on YouTube that are true makeup artists and are not, some people are makeup artists, some people work in the industry and they know formulas and chemistry or they've been doing it. So it is, if you don't really know your stuff, it's like, it's so competitive these days. And, uh, but, but back to, uh, what you were talking about with brands and brands finding you, I remember, I remember telling you too, like, you know, it's in a way the market might not be as big for, mm-hmm. you know, the animal world or whatever, as it is for beauty, but you'll be, you'll have a better chance of being like a bigger fish in a smaller pond. And there, I remember asking this, like there's brands for every single segment of the population and everything. I'm like, there's got to be brands in the animal world, whatever that is, that will want to work with you. It doesn't have to be a beauty brand. I was like, you can partner with animal type brands that would be, I'm sure, love to sponsor your channel once it gets to that point. 
Yeah, and that's been absolutely true mm-hmm. to 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 my journey. It's it's something that's happened more and more frequently is that brands are getting in touch and you know, sometimes they don't make any sense. For some reason, this wig company keeps getting in touch. I'm like, "Have you seen the mop of hair on my head? I'm the last person who needs a wig right now." <laughs> <laughs> but um but it's still nice that brands do get in touch. They do notice. And the, when you get a sort of specific brand that you know of that you thought, I never thought they would get in touch with me. That is just the best feeling to say, yes, let's schedule a call and let's make this happen. And, you know, I just want to track back a bit and I don't want to put anyone off being a beauty vlogger because there is still new people emerging every day who who do make it in in the beauty industry but i would say the one thing that always sets apart the new people who make you know who take youtube by storm is that they're very true to themselves so if you do anyone listening have something that does set you apart from everybody else you know if it's a weird hobby or a weird talent like use it because if if you don't show it and 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 display it proudly for the world how's the world going to know what makes you uniquely you and i think more than anything more than listening to content even people subscribe to people people buy into wanting to be part of a person's life not someone who just talks about uh you know makeup brushes they want to know you what makes you you because it makes them care. Nobody subscribes to a channel that to a person they don't care about. So, you know, find your tribe, love them, make sure they want to come back and be subscribers on your channel. And the way that you do that is by being true to yourself. So you have to be true to yourself. And if you're shy, you have no reason to be shy because there are literally millions of people watching YouTube every day. It's the second largest search engine in the world, second most used in the world. There's always going to be people who will absolutely adore you for all the things that you're too afraid to put out on YouTube. Yeah. That, I mean, definitely. I mean, it's all about finding kind of your your passion and 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 what you're just really it's not just passion though. I think it's a combination uh, of like knowledge and and passion. I think, I think it is anyways, because some people have a lot of experiences in their life and they kind of throw them away and they don't realize that's really unique. That's really different. That's really cool. And I think you need to bring that to your content. I mean, you could still do beauty, but bring that element to it, bring that out because that's, that's going to be interesting. That's, that's different. Like there's a reason why reality TV is so popular is because people like to see something different from their own life, something, uh, you know, a peek inside somebody else's life uh, that might be different from theirs. So just embrace what makes you different. Embrace that, that aspect of it. Okay. So let's, let's move up. Well, actually, before we move on to like, kind of like your tipping point and all that with your channel, I do want to touch a a tiny bit about, you know, when you first, uh, even when you were doing your beauty videos, how did you kind of come on board with being so good at filming and all that? How did you, did you just look at videos on YouTube and study it or, or how did you kind of gain that experience? Yeah, I watched a lot of of YouTube videos and I watched uh, I watched to see what held me and the points that I dropped off on people's videos and I realized straight away if lighting or quality was was poor I was not interested. So those were top of my list was was getting my lighting right, at least trying to get it right because I mean goodness knows it's always a learning curve and in London there's no natural light anyway so you've always got to be playing with with light yeah, and it doesn't yeah. always work out for me but you know you learn as you go along you you adapt and you get better and better um and I I also had played around with my camera just you know filming my animals and um, trying to learn how to edit a little bit um and uh, once I felt a little bit better in in my abilities, then that's when I really started, you know, filming. I I must have filmed about 30 videos that I uh, filmed and edited and never uploaded because they were just trials. But I'm all about practice and repetition. How many videos? About 30. 30 videos. Yeah, they were just short. And you, you never uploaded them. Nope, never uploaded them. They were just really testing, um, getting comfortable in front of the camera, making sure that, you know, I kind of was was happy with my setup because one of the first things I did was clean up my entire room. My bedroom used to be painted brown and it had my 
own designs all over in white with handprints everywhere. Now that's not the, the 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 bedroom you see in my videos now because it's it's all white and it's bright and it's uplifting because I realized no one's going to want to see this bedroom in in the background because it's so depressing looking. I mean, I love it because it's so atmospheric at night, but but I need to really bring my A game and what I was drawn to was, you know, brightness and, and people want that uplifting positive vibe from their, from the channels that they're watching. At least that's what I wanted. So I thought I've really got to clean this up. So I went straight out to the hardware store and I bought paint and dust sheets and I just completely overhauled my bedroom, got rid of all the clutter. And now I'm a real, just really tough mistress making sure that my bedroom is clean and sorted whenever I film because that makes me feel so much better. Um, and when I'm watching a video and I see someone's got like a lamp, which has a, you know, wonky lampshade on it and mm. a pile of socks in the corner, I'm not going to watch because I, it reflects on whoever is in front of the camera. And, you know, some people make it endearing. Some of the bigger YouTubers, you know, they'll take you on like a tour of their house. It's a bit of a mess, but you know what? They've made their success. It works for them. When you're small, it's attention to detail because people do notice. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think background is really, really big. And that's something I always talk about one-on-one -on -one with my clients too, is, okay, let's look at your background. Like you have a sheet up, there's a wrinkle in it. Like, you know, it, it, it really does make a difference and that adds to the production value as well. But this was, you had this much motivation and this much, this much energy putting into your channel before you even had any subscribers, uh, which is crazy. You know, I think it's amazing that you, like you said, you filmed 30 something videos before you, uh, you know, that you felt comfortable uploading it. And I think it showed because I was impressed by the quality for someone that only had like a few, like a handful of videos and like 200 subscribers, your quality was, it's like you, you knew what you were doing. I already got the sense that you knew what you were doing. Thanks. I was really just trying to implement what I heard on, on your podcast mm -hmm. over the last couple of months as, as much as I could. And, um, you know, you know, for, if I'm completely honest and I, I always aim to be 110% honest is, you know, I wanted to bring my A game because I'm here to play and I'm here to stay. And YouTube is, is a very, it's, it's an amazing platform. I love it. But everybody who you watch, who is anybody on YouTube, you know, if their goal is to be able to support themselves as an income, you can bet that they're throwing everything and making it look effortless at their channel. They, they're really bringing their A game. So I've got to bring my A game too. Yeah. And I, and that's something that I, that I tell everyone who does, who does their one-on-one -on -one with me. Like, you've got to bring your A game. Like you have to, if you know, I mean, if you, you're, you're talking to me because you're serious about your channel, you want to make changes. You want to get yourself in that right direction. So you have to bring your A game. It's, it's not about, you know, I think some people mistake it for thinking, well, I got to put up more. I got to put up more. And I was like, I don't always think that's the solution. Actually. I think it's sometimes it's taking a step back and figuring out, your niche and, and also figuring out your niche doesn't mean you like for you, it works, Emma, because you know, you have so much content and, that you can create and you just have so much, that's so much part of your life is the exotic animals. It's a great niche and all that. But I think, you know, people can do lifestyle channels and talk about different things, but it, you still have to figure out like a niche. You still, and, and, and the more tighter that niche is when you start, I think the easier it is to gain a loyal audience and the easier it is to, um, to, to grow because you're connecting with a certain group of people. So you do have to always just bring your A game. And oh, I think I was saying like that people, oh, people think that they have to like just create more and more content. And like I was saying is that, you know, you know, slow down, figure out your niche and then also figure out that production value. Like just figure that out. And like what Emma, you know, you're the first person that I've spoken to that actually said like, I, you know, I did about like 30 something videos I didn't upload. You know, I'm not saying that's for everybody. Not everybody maybe has the time or energy to do that. Or maybe you'll just upload those videos to YouTube anyways. That might not be perfect just because to kind of put them out there and just, you know, just throw it out there, see what sticks. And then maybe you'll delete them later or something like that. But it's just practice, practice and practice and practice. And, you know, if after months of doing it, 
hopefully you're gaining the idea and you're gaining the, the skill set to really look, you know, look like you're a professional YouTuber and to be critical, be very self-critical, critical of yourself. And like what Emma said, she did, you know, look at these, look at videos and like, why am I, why do I like watching these videos? Like why, you know, what about these guys is really, really good. And, and try not to, obviously you don't want to copy anybody, but to take the essence of that and understand like what it's success look like on YouTube today. And, uh, you have to understand that and not be naive and think I'll just upload and hope people come and watch. Exactly. And the other thing I really want to, to, to stress as well for anybody who has a channel that they, they want to, you know, gain traction with, and they want to be able to make an income from is that YouTube is forever evolving. Mm -hmm. I mean, even in just the last, you know, six months that I've been, you know, really applying myself, not even six months, like, uh, you know, a quarter of the year that I've been applying to myself really hard to my channel it's changed again. You know, for some reason, suddenly everyone's into these fidget spinner things. And suddenly oh, yeah. that's what the <laughs> algorithm was pushing because, because it was so popular, suddenly fidget spinners were up there and all of these like challenge um, videos as well. Now, definitely don't buy into trends if it's not true to your channel, but certainly what people should be aiming to do is keeping an eye on what how YouTube is changing, keeping an eye on the algorithm as well, because the more that you, the more you watch and the more you observe and the more that you do and just try, the more you get a feel for it. Because what I've just noticed is if I put up several videos that do really well, and then I put up even just one that's kind of off topic from my channel, YouTube goes, oh, well, these keywords are completely different from all these other ones. And then from there on, the next couple of videos don't do as well because it doesn't prioritize you quite as much on the algorithm. So mm. case in point, I had some videos going really well, you know, getting over 100,000 views. And then I put up something I was really passionate about, which was cyberbullying. And that had only, you know, a couple of thousand views, something like, I don't know, like 30,000, no, 15,000 views or something. And then the, since then, when I've put up more videos, because that video wasn't completely popular and YouTube is cutthroat, my subsequent videos were not as popular because they weren't quite as 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 rated as highly as the ones that I put up before the cyberbullying post, the, the, the cyberbullying video. So it's really interesting to to really watch how YouTube works. It's a real, it's a creature all its own. Yeah, and it's very mysterious. Like YouTube is not super transparent about exactly, you know what they're doing and there's a lot of people speculating and a lot of people trying to figure it out but and they do it on purpose because they don't want anybody to game the system which makes sense but like you said Emma you really have to pay attention uh, to that that's that's interesting that that happened so uh I remember you we were talking and you, you were telling me you were going to put up that video and I'm wondering like how do you get out of that funk then of like you know, trying to, okay, you know, I, I posted one that was a dud and now YouTube is kind of punishing me for that. Like, how do you get out of that? Okay. So a couple of things that I've learned is, um, certain types of videos do really well. For example, my room tour did really well because it was circulated around animals, but it still had room tour in the title. Now room tours are huge. So I know that if I did a room tour, you know, update, then that would sort of bring that back up again as well. Um, also, a, another big trend in the animal YouTube world, and yes, there is an animal YouTube <laughs> world as much as there is a beauty one, is all my pets videos. And if I go into um, my YouTube channels, uh, not settings, but into like the, the behind the scenes the where analytics. I can, my, um, my, oh, that's, that's right, thank mm -hmm. you, the analytics, I can go and see what people are searching for on my channel? What are people putting in their search boxes when they're on my channel? And everyone is, is putting up something like 85% of people who come to my channel are looking for a video called All My Pets because all the other big YouTubers who are in the pet YouTube world have done an All My Pets video. So now people want to see mine. It's a bit like the Draw My Life Mm -hmm. um, tag that went round. So I know that if I really want to boost my numbers again, then I can do one of those. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, the analytics are so, there's, there's so many analytics in there 
that you can play around with. And it's definitely worth taking the time to learn. And, and YouTube's pretty good about explaining, you know, all those reports and stuff like that. And I've done other podcast episodes talking about it too. Um, and so definitely, I think the one, if you want to check it out, there's one I talked about with titles. So how to craft titles, I get views and I talk about a lot of the analytic reports. So I'll link that in the show notes uh, for you guys. But um, yeah, take a look at your analytics because that can help you. You kind of said, okay, you know, I know things that are trending. I know things that are popular. So I've got to turn this around and I've got to, I've almost got to kind of give in a little bit and do one of those popular trending videos in a way. Yeah. If you keep it true to yourself. So, you know, with the fidget spinners, I know that my, my age demographic would be quite interested in fidget spinners. So I had this giant African millipede in one of my videos and she curls up into what looks like a fidget spinner. So I just held her up to my face and I said like, is this a fidget spinner? And people just went crazy over it, you know, and they shared that video. Oh my God, this looks like a fidget spinner, but it's not. And you know, that that's all it took was me knowing that that was something popular that my age demographic wanted to see. And I mean, they shared the hell out of that video because they they loved that. And it was specifically that bit. And I even get fan mail of people drawing that moment in the video because they loved that I referenced a fidget spinner. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely crazy. And like really keeping an eye on trends is important. Mm-hmm. Something I noticed was that I never heard, and I think I've touched on this in a message to you before, but I'd never heard of something called YouTube creator on the rise. Mm-hmm. And this, this I have to attribute a lot of, of, of my channel's success to, because I remember reading about this new thing called YouTube's creator on the rise. And basically what it is, is lots of YouTubers such as, you know, PewDiePie, who's a huge YouTube gamer. Um, he, he was complaining that it's only the top couple of people who get, you know, pushed by YouTube's algorithm. It's not fair for people. So YouTube launched, I think earlier this year or late last year, um, the YouTube creator on the rise and provided you have 1000 subscribers, you are eligible to be picked for a creator on the rise. And they feature you on their home page, the trending page on YouTube for up to a week. And I thought, wow, you know, I've got some interesting animals. If I can get myself noticed enough and get just 1,000 subscribers. If I can do that, then I can, I'm sure I can get YouTube to notice me. So what I did was I made that my goal. I have a, a little chart on my wall. It's still on my wall. And it said 1,000 subscribers. And I grew from... I think I had 500 subscribers, so I needed just 500 more. And that's when I was really pushing my videos, sharing, tweaking, really fine tuning my tags, my titles. And when I finally, finally got to 1000 subscribers, I started hitting Twitter and Instagram, everywhere where YouTube has an official account. And I would share all my videos with the hashtag creator on the rise. So I would tag them and say like, look, put me as your creator on the rise. Look, I deserve to be creator on the rise. Look how much effort I'm putting into this. It's content that you haven't seen before. You you want this on your trending tab. And then a couple of weeks later, where I kind of forgot about it, someone contacted me and said, Em, you're trending. I said, what? Are you serious? And they said, no, seriously, in, in the on the American homepage, you are trending. Go and check your, your subscriber count. So I thought, okay, I think I was at like 2000 subscribers at this point. And I checked it and I had gone up to something like 35,000 literally overnight. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what is this? And the 100,000 came because, you know, I surpassed 100,000 just a couple of, of weeks ago. Um, like last week, was it? Or the week before? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was like two weeks ago. Yeah. Two weeks ago. All of that happened going from 2,000 or 1,000 or so subscribers all the way up to, um, you know, over 100,000. That happened in two months. Yeah. That was all be mostly because, you know, people found me on the trending tab and were sharing my videos. And because I trended, a lot of um, newspaper articles wanted to interview me and then they shared my 
my stories and my links and my videos as well. And um, something that's been really helpful is I guess because I've I've never tried to hide my ethnicity. You know, for anyone who doesn't know, I'm half Spanish, half Chinese. And I think I probably look slightly more Chinese than Spanish. So, you know, in a couple of videos where I'm I've done my makeup, I guess to to sort of emphasize my Asian background, a lot of Asian newspapers and a lot of Asian uh, news channels, they wanted to showcase my story because they'd never seen an Asian woman handle a giant snail or <laughs> giant cockroaches. And, you know, to this day, I'm getting, you know, messages every day to my email from Asia. And um, it's so pivotal to my channel because you know how many people are in Asia? Yeah, mega, it's a huge market. Exactly. So, so the fact that I got picked up by by news stations in Asia, and they continue to share and circulate my videos almost on a weekly basis, that really helps to keep my channel relevant. And all those people, even though they might not be subscribing, they're watching, and that's all reporting back to YouTube's algorithm, saying, "Hey, this channel is doing something special here." Hope that you enjoyed this part one with. Emma. So make sure that you subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already so that you do not miss out on part two, which is going to air next week. And also if you are inspired and you want to take your channel to that next level and you want to make 2018 your year for YouTube, then I want you to be part of the mastermind. So I want you to apply to be on the wait list so that you have that first opportunity to be part of the incredible mastermind that we have planned for 2018. And you can do that by heading over to beautyandthevlog.com forward slash work with me. All right, I will see you next week. Well, that's it. That's our episode. And I hope you enjoyed it. And if you stayed this long, do me a huge, huge favor and leave a review on iTunes. Five stars would be amazing. It helps more than you know, helping other people find the Beauty and the Vlog podcast. Also, make sure you check out beautyandthevlog.com for all the show notes for this episode. And if you're not a part of the Beauty and the Vlog family on our Facebook group, Make sure you join for lots of support, collaborations, and questions and answers for anything related to being a content creator on YouTube. This is Erica, and I will see you next week. Mwah.